Happy New Year, my brothers and sisters in Christ. How are you today? You're listening to the St. Mark Bemidji Sunday Edition podcast. This podcast features a replay of our Sunday sermon, or on occasion, a sermon from another Well Sister Church. If you enjoy what you're hearing today, you might also enjoy our weekday devotions, which you will automatically get if you subscribe to the podcast. Additionally, you might consider sharing it with a friend. Each and every podcast has a share link in its description, which can be found at the same podcast app that you're listening to right now or even on the computer. I've tried to make the link super obvious. Let me know if it isn't at john.kirk at stmarksbemidji.org. Share God's word, because God wants us all to go home at the end of our lives. Today's sermon is titled, Treasure All These Things, and it was our Christmas Eve service sermon, and it's based upon Luke 2, verses 1 through 20. If you'll indulge me in a bit of childhood nostalgia, I'll read the verses in the King James translation. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was, that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same cities some country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste, and found Mary, and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told unto them. Let's join Pastor Zamzow now for the sermon. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom His favor rests. Merry Christmas. Amen. True treasure, true treasure changes lives. The treasure hunter, um, maybe some of you are familiar with this. There's a treasure hunter some time ago by the name of Mel Fisher. 
And Mel searched and searched and searched through the Gulf of Mexico and the waters of the Caribbean. He searched all over for decades looking for the Spanish treasure galleon that was wrecked, the Atosha. And he searched all over for it far and wide. It even cost him the life of one of his sons who grew up and wanted to follow in his dad's footsteps. He followed his dad out to sea and sadly, his boy died. An irony of ironies. After years and years had gone by, Mel returned back almost to the exact same spot that he began searching for this treasure all those years ago. And inside a mile from where he began the search, he found the mother load of gold and silver from the wreck of the ship that he searched for for decades. But he found it. Before he found it, everybody looked at him like he was a crazy lunatic kook. There goes old Mel off his, on his own piece of junk fishing boat again with his metal detectors. There goes Mel, treasure hungry. There goes Mel, he's almost down to his last penny. How does he even put gas in that boat? But when he found that treasure, his whole life was changed. He was no longer looked at as a lunatic. But he was respected. He was wealthy beyond measure as the tons and tons and millions and millions of dollars worth of began rolling in. His life was forever changed when he found that treasure. We might not be hunting for sunken treasure, but in our own lives, we might be doing something similar. We might think along the same lines. We might be searching for some treasure in our life, be it um, actual money or some treasured moment. We think maybe if we won the lottery, our lives would be changed, and perhaps it would. Maybe if somebody gifted us a ton of money or we received some unexpected inheritance, that treasure would change our lives. Or if we're chasing after some sort of experience in life, a treasured moment, or a treasured memory, we think that if we could just grasp that treasure, then we'd have what we need and our lives would be changed. Now, in its own way, maybe we treasure these moments here on nights like this. Or once again, we return year after year to the same place. We have family and friends and loved ones close at hand. We might treasure the time that we get to spend singing our favorite Christmas hymns, repeating this tradition once again. But we know that no matter how it goes, no matter how many of our favorite sing, uh, hymns we sing, no matter how many, no matter how nice the service is tonight, we'll walk back out those doors. And how long will it take before we'll, we're relatively thinking the person that we were before we walked in here tonight? And that would be the case if we treasure merely the songs or we treasure merely the tradition of doing this, if we treasure the experience of church. That is what will happen. But that is not the treasure that we are here to see tonight. Tonight we treasure the exact same thing that those shepherds treasured. We treasure the exact same thing that Mary, the mother of Jesus, treasured up in her heart. 
This is treasure that changes lives. Not just now, but forever. Our text tonight begins with those famous words that we've heard a hundred times. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This is the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Here's our first treasure to ponder for tonight. When St. Luke does this, he drops you into a moment of time and he's telling you that this is more than just a good story. This is more than just some sort of uh, exaggerated platitude. This is no fairy tale. This is a moment in time. You can go back and rewind the tape and say, there, it happened. It happened right then in those days when Caesar Augustus issued a decree. This actually happened. Why did it happen in this way? So that all the words of prophecy that God had made beforehand would be fulfilled. If Caesar Augustus had not issued this decree, then Jesus would have been born in Nazareth. And you might think, ah, so what? Big deal. God, down to the finest detail, moves the events of, of history, moves powerful empires like the Roman Empire, and powerful emperors like Caesar Augustus, who was the first Roman empire, emperor. He moves time and space in the events of history to accomplish the finest detail of prophecy made that his son would be born in Bethlehem in the town of David. And he does so not as some great, grand, glorious show of power with lightning bolts flying from the sky, but he does so quietly. He does so humbly. He does so in order to shame the proud and the strong of this, of this age and this world. To show that He works through the weak and the humble things. Treasure how God works for you. Treasure how God has worked for the world and the things that He has done. The mountains He has moved. The things He has displaced. All to bring about things exactly as they had been told. Which is a refrain that comes up a little bit later, isn't it? That this census should force this young man and his pregnant wife to be on this arduous cross-country journey through crowds of people along highways and byways, all while dealing with the discomforts and difficulties of pregnancy. And at the end of the road, what do they find? They find what you'd expect to find. All those that had been faster or better prepared or with far less baggage or maybe just not pregnant. They all found a spot to stay for the night as, they, as people were traveling cross-country and the inns were filled. They all found lodging. But this young family is forced out into a space for cattle. But this is great David's greater son. This is Joseph. This is Mary. Both, in, uh, both of, of which, in their own way, are descended from David's line. These two are royalty. And this is the way in which God chooses to bring His Son, the long-promised Savior, David's heir into the world? You might look at this story and think, maybe some better arrangement could have been made. Who would have even paid attention? 
Who would have even paid attention to this birth? With all the things going on in the world and the census and the political turmoil and the hundreds of people that were traveling back and forth along the roads, who noticed this poor, destitute couple that were kicked out into a space for cattle so that she could give birth? It's mind-boggling. And mind-boggling for this reason. Because by rights, this should have been forgotten. This should have been lost. This should have been forgotten ages ago. This poor young family kicked out into the side of the road. Who cares about them? They're less than a footnote in history. But yet here we are, 2,000 years later, a world away, and we're still hearing this story exactly as it has been told, exactly as it happened all those years ago. You still have it. I still have it. We're still learning of it. We're still reading from it. Treasure these things. These things brought to you compliments of the Holy Spirit. Not by human works. Were it up to us, this story would have been tossed out ages ago. But we still have it. Because God wants you to have it. God wants you to hear it again. Here, tonight. And think about the ways in which God has worked for you and this great treasure that He has brought down and placed in a manger. Treasure these things. Treasure even those shepherds. The shepherds who are out in the field, the shepherds who are the lowest rung in society. People that, if you do a little research, you find out that the shepherds back then were often kicked out of towns deliberately because they smelled so bad because of their trade and because of their hygiene. And yet, they're the ones that get this announcement. They're the ones that see the angel messenger and the choirs of, 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 of angels from heaven. They're the ones that receive these words. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of, that, will be, that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in the manger. They get this message. Not Caesar Augustus in Rome. Not King Herod in his palace in Jerusalem. Not the Sanhedrin. Not a choir of angels over the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. Shepherds in a field. They get this message. And they go. And they see the, after they see the angelic choir and they get their marching orders, they go. And what do they find? They find everything exactly as it was told to them. They go at exactly the right moment. You will find a child wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. They go right at the right moment. Not while Mary's nursing. Not while Joseph is sitting there looking at his son. Not while Mary is holding the baby. Not while he's, he's fussing and kicking and whining. But they place him in a manger. And that's when the shepherds show up. I was doing a little research as I was preparing for this tonight. And there's some 
pretty good tradition that tells us a little bit about what these shepherds actually did out in the fields around Bethlehem. And there's ancient Jewish tradition that says that these ancient shepherds around the fields of Bethlehem were the very ones that raised the sheep and they raised the goats that would be sacrificed in the temple on the great festival days in the temple in Jerusalem. But before, before those sheep could go to the temple, they had to be examined first by a priest. Now, like I said, this is just tradition, but I think it's interesting nonetheless that when these shepherds would select a sheep, they'd take a lamb. And you know how the lamb had to be. It had to be a yearling without blemish, without defect. And they would take the lamb. And you know what they'd do with it? They'd wrap it up in swaddling clothes. And they'd put it to sleep in a little feeding trough. So that when the priest came, the priest would come and he'd find the lamb and he'd know which one that they'd selected for the sacrifice. That's what the shepherds find. That's what they find when they go into Bethlehem and they find the Lamb of God wrapped up in this very way that they might have done with some lambs themselves. They find Jesus wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger just as the angels had told them. Treasure these things. That God had chosen them. This message had come to them, these poor and lowly shepherds, that He'd given them a treasure that that could not be taken away and it was exactly as, as it had been told. They'd seen the promised Messiah, the Lord, the Lamb of God. The One that was given all the way back in the Garden of Eden. And again, we perhaps might be tempted to think, well, good for them. Good for them that they got to see all these things, that they got to see this, the, the wonderful sight of the angels, that they got to see the baby Jesus. But what about me? Is it not clear once again, here we go, against all human logic, sense, and reason, this should have been forgotten. It should have been lost. It should have been buried somewhere. Shepherds, who cares about shepherds? But here we are tonight, still with those echoing cries of praises to God on high, echoing off the hills around Bethlehem, they echo down through the ages to you tonight here, 2,000 years later in a world away. The cries of those shepherds and the joy that they felt is still heard here tonight. Treasure these things. For there in the town of Bethlehem, a town that's name means house of bread, came the bread of life. And where was He laid? In a food trough. And Mary sees the shepherds and she sees her son and she hears their story and she ponders and treasures all these things in her heart. And we are able to do the same exact thing tonight to treasure these things. The Lord Jesus, the King of heaven, God from God, light from light, arrived and emptied himself of all majesty and all heavenly glory. He revealed Himself not to the rich and to the powerful and to the princes of the world, but to the poor and the destitute. He arrived not at a time that would be convenient for us, but He arrived at a time of unrest and turmoil 
When it would seem like all the things and the events in this world would drown out His birth. But here we are hearing of it still tonight. Treasure these things. And it goes to show that Christ came. That God brought these events about for people like you and me. That He came not in power and strength, but in humility so that we might know that without question He is for us. The message of peace and good news that the Savior is born truly is for all people. Not for a select group of the worthy, but for the unworthy, for the sinner, for the guilty, for the sick, for the scared, for the hurting. He came to bear up all those things. He came to take on our, our weakness. He came to take on our sin. He came to take on all the trials of this world. Not to show you how to live better through them. Not to give you a five-point way in which to overcome. But to take them from His first breath and His first cry in that manger. And to walk with them all the days of His life. 33 some odd years. And to nail them to a cross. And to kill them. To break them there. To rip the very sting out of death. He came to live the perfect life that God demands of all of us that we fall short of. And yet He got the punishment that we deserve that we might never experience that abandonment. That we might never experience that hatred, uh, that hatred and that pain of, of separation from God. That we might never face the fire of hell but rather that when we shut our own eyes in weakness and in humility on our deathbed, that we open them in glory. And that is good news of great joy that is for all people. We might spend a great deal of time like Mal Fisher, searching around in life for treasure after treasure, things that will make life easier, better, more comfortable, make us more well-off. We search for treasure that will change our lives. And yet, here we are again. Just like we are every year. Here we are again in this exact same spot. Don't miss it. Don't overlook it. That Christ emptied Himself of all heavenly treasure, sought no earthly treasure to be your treasure in, on earth and in heaven forever. Treasure changes lives. Treasure these things. And if for some reason you're still wondering how this treasure changes you, not just for this hour, but for life, consider again those shepherds as they were told that Word of God from the angels that they found everything exactly as, that, that had been, as it was told to them. Here you are. Here I am. And in our own way tonight, we've gathered again at the manger side and we've seen Christ the treasure from heaven that God has given. How God has moved nations and rulers in time and space to bring you this Savior and to bring you this message again. And now you've heard it. And you've heard what God has done for you. No different than they. The same beautiful story passed down from generation to generation. Compliments of the Holy Spirit. Treasure these things. And when the shepherds left, what did they do? Did they go do some incredible thing? Did they go join a monastery? 
Did they go donate a bunch of money? No, they didn't do any of those things. What did they do? It simply says they returned. Returned where? They returned back to the field. They returned back to shepherding. Just like tonight, when you leave here, you will go back to your families. On Monday morning, you'll probably go back to your job. But you have this treasure. And that treasure is that Christians have a wonderful, because of Christmas, Christians have a wonderful new perspective on life and even suffering. When things don't go as you think that they should go, when they don't go as I think they should go, Look at how the birth of God's Son was brought about. Look at how the message has come down to you through the ages. Not on a whim from God, but this is His plan from eternity. When your life looks like His, treasure these things. We have a treasured new perspective on what it means to forgive and what it means to be at peace. As God sent Christ to be numbered with people like us to take on flesh and blood, to be one of us and not turn up His nose at us, even when he had every right to do so, he willingly laid down in that manger. He willingly was held in the arms of a human mother. He willingly received the praise of those stinky shepherds. Why? Because he loves us. Because he treasures us, even when he doesn't have to. So when you don't feel worthy, or when you feel guilty, or when you feel unloved, or when you feel unforgivable, Remember what love He has for you, what love He shows you tonight, and treasure these things. And finally, remember that this treasure that you have is an heirloom. As the shepherd's praises echoed off those hills around Bethlehem all the way to you and me tonight, you too, among your family, at your job, to your friends, and to your children, as the song goes, go tell it on the mountain that Christ, the Savior of the world, is born that others might receive this treasure too and have their hearts and lives and their perspective on this life and eternity changed, that they might treasure these things as we do. Amen. That's all there is for today, but we are so happy you took a few moments out of your busy day to listen to God's Word with us please consider subscribing to our podcast to hear more devotions like this Monday through Friday and to hear our Sunday sermons as well. We also cordially invite you to join us for church every week at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website at www.stmarksbemidji.org.